Welcome to episode number 18 of Off the Shelf. Joseph's face was black as night The pale yellow moon shone in his eyes His path was marked by the stars in the southern hemisphere And he walked his days under Africa's skies Welcome to Off the Shelf, a podcast focused on an objective examination of the life and ministry of William Branham. Our goal is for you to know what it means to be a true follower of Jesus in the context of scripture and the message of William Branham. We have now reached over 90 countries from Malaysia to Madagascar with our podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a comment on our website. This week, we are continuing our interview with Emily Arndt. Emily grew up in the message in Wisconsin, but never heard the good news of Jesus Christ until she was 21 years of age. Emily became a veterinary technician and is currently living and serving with the Christian Veterinary Mission in Kampala, Uganda, East Africa. She is assistant clinician facilitator in the surgical department of Uganda's only veterinary college. She works under a missionary veterinarian from the UK and also assists the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, who work to train believers for the defense of the faith and mobilize Christians for the neglected but essential task of cult evangelism. If you would like to find out more about Emily's ministry, we have a link to her webpage on our website. Let's jump back into our interview with Emily. I'm a big fan now of apologetics because apologetics, which is a defense of the faith. So in 1 Peter 3.15, Peter says, always be ready to give a defense for the hope by which you're called, but do it with gentleness and respect. And one of the things that's very lacking in the message, from my perspective, is that when people are asked a question, they won't answer you, number one. Number two, they never do it with gentleness and respect. They basically consign you to hell or worse <laughs> because you've blasphemed the Holy, Holy Ghost and basically your, your doom has been sealed and so they don't have to even have a conversation with you because you're just uh, atomic cannon fodder. <laughs> yes, yes. What's the most profound thing you've realized since you left the message? Because your understanding, I mean, for me, you know, it has been the love of God. And there's a passage in uh, 1 John that, you know, we always read the King James Version, which is 400-year-old English, which means it's really hard to understand. It was a good translation, a really good translation 400 years ago. But now you're reading this language that's really the words, you, what you think they mean, don't mean what you think they mean because the English was different. But for me, a passage in one of the newer translations, perfect love casts out mm -hmm. all fear because fear has to do with punishment. Mm -hmm. So we were afraid because we thought God, Jesus was a guy with a big stick. The God of William Branham kills 
kills your wife and your daughter <laughs> because because you made a mistake. That's the God of William Branham. But uh, but John said, I don't. You don't have to fear because fear has to do with punishment, and we know we're not getting punished. God loves us, so why would we fear God? The opposite of love is actually fear, because love is about holding someone else better than yourself. But fear is all about self-interest. What is going to happen to me? Fear is all self-directed, self-interest. Yes. What is yes. going to happen to me? And so fear is actually the opposite of love. It's not hate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fear. And that's what Paul says. Perfect love, if you really have the love of God living in your heart and living in your soul, you will not fear because you know punishment's gone. Mm-hmm. All I have to look forward to is the love of my father. Yeah, I agree with that. That night in my pastor's office, you know, I just felt release, rela- uh, just, it was un- undescribable, um, just crying and feeling like I didn't have to be on edge anymore. And just, you know, knowing God loves me and knowing if I make a mistake that he isn't going to come down with a lightning bolt. Um, but still it took many years to walk fully beyond all of that fear. And because sometimes when you're in trauma, your brain cordons off certain things. And when you get a trigger, you respond. You don't even know that you're responding in a negative way because your brain isn't responding in a healthy way. Um, so I had to seek a counselor to actually move beyond the rest of that fear and anxiety that I didn't even know wasn't normal in life. So, and I mean, talking earlier outside the, the, this podcast, um, you talked about having PTSD. Now, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, PTSD for people who don't get ac- don't do acronyms is short for post-traumatic stress disorder. Correct. That is correct. And actually, they put an extra letter in the beginning of mine, which was a C, for complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So it wasn't like I was a soldier in war that saw one bomb blast and saw my buddy's arm, you know, flying over my head and had some blood splatter my face. No, this was continual, repeated, whether it be physical or spiritual or mental abuse. You know, Branham, if you're not saved... Uh, World War III is going to happen, Armageddon's coming, and you're going to be, like you said before, you're just nuclear cannon fodder. And you're going to have to so. give your life. If, if it, you know, you do a chance to get out, but that's by giving your life and not accepting the mark of the beast. Right, right. right. So tell that to a six-year-old who has, you know, is very innocent and doesn't understand these things. That can mess with your mind and cause so much fear and so much internalization that you don't realize that that follows you through into adulthood, where then when you have an interaction with leadership around you, you react in a very negative, ugly way that you're not even realizing because it's such a part of your essence and your being that you don't know it's not okay and not normal. So you went in for a uh, counseling for how long? I was in uh, trauma counseling for about a year and a half. Um, but I mean, a hard year and a half, but a really good year and a half. In the beginning, I started going twice a week. And then after that, I went every week and then for quite a duration every other week. And so you're through that on the other side now? 
threw that on the other side. They even had put me on some anti-anxiety medicine, um, which I'm very grateful for. You know, we're happy to treat diabetes with insulin, but we're not happy to treat anxiety with some, some medicine or depression. You know, oh, you should be stronger than that. But I was like to a point that even the, the counseling wasn't helpful because I was just so anxious. So this leveled me out. I was able to go through the counseling and now I've been off those meds for quite some time already. That's great. And, uh, and, and, well. that, and that's one of the things that people, again, in the message, if you talk to a minister, which is the only place you can kind of go for counseling, and they'll just tell you, well, get into the word, get into the word, which means you're actually subjecting yourself to more abuse because William Branham just screams and yells and, and tells you just obey the word. But there's no grace there's not a lot of love and a lot of really bad doctrine mm -hmm. because of so many things are taken out of context. For sure, yeah. It just breaks my heart to, to know people who have gone through traumatic and challenging events and they've come to the church and said, help me, you know, maybe it's an abusive husband. And they seek counsel in the church, maybe just with the women that they trust oh, sister, it's okay, just pray more, just go into the Word more. No, they're looking for real-life advice, and it's not there. They're not getting it. So what advice would you give to a woman who's in the message currently? There is a much better life for you out there. <laughs> you are not just supposed to be in the kitchen. You do have a brain. You do have ability to contribute in amazing ways to life. You don't have to be a career woman. You don't have to whatever. But if you want to be, go for it. But it's hard because you're fearing, well, if I question the message, you know, my husband is my source of income. What if I lose my family? What if I do these things? You know, it's scary. And yes, you know, following the truth does come at a cost. But Things aren't as scary as they look. There's always other options. I'm sure you have friends out there who would come around you and support you when you're challenged. Um, you know, we see when you're in the message, you see just things in such a small tunnel. But when you're in a healthy place, you see the world is much broader. Um, there's always options. And you're, you're not just going to be stuck and just die in misery in a hole somewhere. And of course, that's one of the big issues that I saw a lot of women in the message were just waiting around to get married. Mm -hmm. And they did nothing with their life. They did nothing with the talents that God gave them. They they actually buried them. As the, as the parable that Jesus told, you know, well, what did you do with your talent? Well, I buried it, right? Here it is back. I, I didn't, it's, it's undisturbed. That servant was criticized sharply for not having done anything with the talents that God gave them. So I, I, I do think you're right. A lot of women, young women in the message, just waste their life waiting for some boy to ask them to marry them. And of course, we know God loves them too. It said God is love and you don't have to be filled with fear. Mm-hmm. And then, sadly, some of these women, they wait for the man, then the man comes, and then the man is abusive to them, and then they're they're caught in that. And it's just, it's a 
self-perpetuating And they won't cycle, do anything. And they won't do anything. Yeah, it's it just breaks my heart. And that's why I'm willing to come on to shows like this and speak out. Because if it can give hope to one woman, I'm very happy to be even shunned a little bit more by my family. But I know um, I have a great family of friends and, you know, I'm, I'm saddened by how my family reacts to me, but it's their choice. I can't force them to come out, but all I can do is just pray for God to open their eyes, just like he's opened mine, yours, and so many others' eyes. So if we had an email come in from a woman that's got some questions, would you be prepared to answer? You're, you're on the internet. If I forward it to you, you'd be able to answer that. I'm on the internet, a little bit busy here traveling around, but yes, I would be very happy. So, so we'll make sure if, if, if there's any women out there that are interested in having a question sent to Emily, I'll give you our, my email address at the end of the podcast. If you want to talk to Emily, we'll, we'll make sure it gets forwarded to her. Thank you. So Emily, what's your current view of the message? My current view of the message is like every other cult out there I have a chance to see them when in Africa the Jehovah Witnesses the Mormons they're all there it's just it's, and the message is there and too. the message is there very alive and well over 600 churches they claim in Uganda small uh, churches generally generally small churches a few families you know maybe 20 30 people in a in a church but yeah there's a larger church in Kampala but my view of the message is it's destroying lives. Um, it's keeping people who general, genuinely are seeking God. It's just, it's, it's got them stuck and it's stifled them. And they're not going to, they're not going to seek God or meet God um, where he can be met in the message. Um, it's just, it's a waste of lives. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very sad. But it's really good for the pastors. They make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of the pastors do make a lot of money. And they're the ones that, uh, you know, we've had Jeff Jenkins on this podcast. And he's a guy who basically was was prepared to give up that nice stipend for the truth. Mm. Very few message pastors would ever do that. But because they're, fear, they're fearful as well. Right, right. And the fear, that's... That's what that's what Satan uses is fear. That is the foundation, I think, of the message is fear. Maybe a, a question we have you give us an answer in closing. What does it mean to you to be a true follower of Jesus? What does that look like to you now, having come out of the message, to truly follow Christ? To truly follow Christ is I wouldn't be here today without Jesus. I don't know. Where, you know, I, I surrendered my life to him. I didn't have to clean myself up before I came to him. Started reading his word for, and word by word, I don't mean Bible and Branham. By word, I just mean what the most Christians say is the Bible. So reading the Bible for what it is, getting into Christian community, and just experiencing God's love, God's grace, Growing through and, and, and having my addictions removed from me. Um, if, if I sin, I don't live in fear. I know that I can seek God 
and it's it's over it's done it's it's if is it a song or a scripture i don't remember but it's as if looking through the blood of jesus when the father sees us it says if we've never sinned he doesn't see sin he doesn't have memory of sin and so it's not just us trying to be good enough to be at the father's feet no it's humbling because I know that I'm good enough to be at the Father's feet. I know that God is using me to share his gospel to others around the world. And I know that I still need God to, to continue to work on some of my imperfections. But he has chosen me for this work. And he is using me um, just two months ago through a very crazy set of circumstances. I had a chance to witness to a Muslim who came to faith in Jesus Christ through just circumstances only God could set up. But I had the grace and the patience because of what I've gone through in my own life to take time with this man. And it's really, really humbling to know that I am so loved by the Father. That's one thing. You don't understand the Father's love when you're in the message. And especially... If you have an earthly father that's not protective, that's not loving, that's not caring. But just go through the Bible and see what the love of the father is. And learning who I am in God's creation as a woman. Um, I read a book kind of towards the beginning um, of my Christian journey uh, called Captivating. Uh, it's by Stacy and John Eldridge. He's more known for his book for men, Wild at Heart. But captivating just goes and shows, you know, we are created in God's image. Women are not a byproduct. Women aren't, you know, product of Satan. No, we too were created in God's image. And to see who you really are truly as a woman in God's kingdom is just mind-blowing. That, that's some of the oh. worst doctrine that William Branham taught, this whole concept that women were designed by Satan. So like, so Satan created them. <laughs> I don't, I don't get that. It clearly says God created them. So how could Satan design them? It just, it makes no sense in the context of anything in scripture. Oh, don't doubt Rod, just have faith and only believe. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 Put it. that one on the shelf. Come on. <laughs> But you're right, and as a result, a lot of women are, yeah, end up in the wrong place and in abusive relationships and think they have to stick it out. Honestly, if you if a woman is being abused by a man, they need to get out. Yes. They need yes. to get out. It needs to stop. A man should never Absolutely. hit a woman. Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's mental abuse. There's all kinds of abuse. And what also breaks my heart is when I see young women leave the message and then get into relationships with men because they're trying to fill a void that men aren't going to fill for them. Only God's going to fill these voids and then they turn away from God. And I can't, you know, I can totally see why people leave the message and give the middle finger to God. If there is a God, a lot of them just stop believing in God because they were taught a terrible, terrible version of a God. This is not God, the creator that William Branham taught. 
you know, yeah, earlier in his in his sermons, maybe in the 40s, he even taught the Trinity. No, I know. <laughs> if, if you look, exactly you right. know. Yeah. But the tapes that we listen to, that's not our loving Heavenly Father that he's trying to represent. It's someone that's creating fear and making Branham have a big name for himself. Yeah, and put everybody in fear so that people respect him. Yes. Emily, thank you very much for uh, spending this time with us, and our prayers will be with you as you're going to be heading back to Uganda in the not-too-distant future. We'll certainly be praying for you. Thank you again for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Rod. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Thanks. If you would like to send us an email, there's a link on the -the offtheshelf.life website, or you can email me directly at rod at offtheshelf.life. You can also reach Brian at brian, with a Y, at offtheshelf.life. The Off the Shelf website also contains a comment section after each podcast. Just click on the title of the podcast. It will take you to the page for that specific podcast. The comment section is at the bottom of the page. Thanks, and have a great week, everyone. And he walked the length of his days under African skies.